As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No KFI AM640. You're listening to the John and Ken Show on demand on the iHeartRadio app. After 4 o'clock, it's the Johnny Can On Demand podcast, and you can listen to what you missed. You can listen all weekend to today's show and any other one you want. Yeah, now a story that we've been following here on the John and Ken Show for some time now was a decision that was made by an L.A. City Council member by the name of Katie Yaroslavsky. This is the 5th District of Los Angeles, and uh, she is proposing a homeless housing project. Uh, I like this, Homeless Angelinos in West L.A., yeah, well, not necessarily are they Angelinos. No, they're not Angelinos. <laughs> this, the, the address is 2377 Midvale Avenue near Westwood and Pico Boulevards. This is near the uh, West Side Pavilion, which is pretty much not a West Side Pavilion mall anymore. I think it's like offices there now, and they, all the stores, I think, have moved out. The movie theater is gone. But anyway, that's the neighborhood that we're talking about. 33-unit interim, they described it, housing facility for homeless. It'll be built on a parking lot. In the commercial area, uh, it includes three laundry units, storage, a pet area, uh, office and case management, conferencing space, dining areas, security fencing. A couple of things we learned about this particular project, and it's opposed by many people in the neighborhood. It sounded off at a couple of meetings, and they booed Yaroslavsky and uh, Mayor Bascon uh, calling for a recall. Uh, what we learned about this particular interim housing project uh, on the west side is that Katie, one of Katie Yaroslavsky's staffers, less than 12 months ago, he had a position with the homeless agency, the homeless unit, the homeless nonprofit that's getting the money to put up this, mm. yeah. this, this project. That's, so. that's the corruption of Katie Yaroslavsky's office. Right. So that nonprofit is going to get a lot of city taxpayers to pay all their salaries right. and to pay, to pay for their benefits. And, you know, they, they got a nice big fat contract to waste city tax money on. And 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 now the people have to live with the horror of a 33 unit homeless homeless development there. And, and, yeah, and the, the problem here is, you know, Katie Yosowski says these are just your homeless neighbors. They're not. No, they're these not. People just wandered in there and squatted no. because it's probably a nicer area to plant yourself. No, it's a nice neighborhood. None of them owned a house there. None of them were renting there. None of them uh, even had a room there. So it's not your homeless neighbors. Katie Yosowski is a liar. Karen Bascone backed her up. She's a liar. They're going after neighborhoods that they think are going to vote for Yaroslavsky and Bass anyway next time. You know, it's like those residents in Chicago who discovered they voted for the mayor, and now the mayor is turning their kids' football field over to the migrants because they figure, oh, you're going to vote for me again anyway, right? So after an hour of public comment, the Housing and Homeless Committee of the Los Angeles City Council 
approved the project. That's the development this week. So it's one step closer to happening. We're going to bring on a guest who's been following this, too. Her name is Susan Collins. She's actually running for California Senate District 27, which is up in the valley. But she uh, obviously follows these uh, uh, matters. So let's bring her on and talk about all this. Susan, how are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me on. Uh, and by the way, I, I have always, even before I decided to run for office, I have always participated in uh, whatever causes were going on, regardless of what district they were in, because, it, you know, we all need to sort of adopt the mentality and understand that whatever happens in Venice is going to happen in my neighborhood. What happens in, you know, Westwood is going to happen in Sherman Oaks. So we're one city and these policies affect all of us, no matter where you live. And we need to come together as a city and focus on these issues. So were you at this committee hearing yesterday and spoke? Um, I was. I was. Um, it was actually, um, I believe, on Tuesday that the uh, the meeting was. Um, Tuesday or Wednesday. I go to a lot. I can't remember. Uh, I was. And, you know, they listened to um, uh, countless people uh, opposing it with very valid reasons. There was a handful of people there who are not vested in the community uh, who supported it. And, you know, again, unanimously approved the funding for it. You know, I know you mentioned the uh, conflict of interest with Katie's office, but one thing that sort of gets overlooked or not mentioned very often is, is exactly how much she lied about that. You know, she initially said that she understood and she knew about Zachary Warma's conflict of interest, so she had taken steps to wall him off so that he didn't participate in those conversations. And after the attorneys for the Midvale uh, Pico project submitted a records request, only at that point when they went through the emails did they find out that Zachary Warma had, was, the, was basically the point person. He was the person that set up the meetings. He participated in the meetings. He was intimately involved in that whole process, even though Katie says she knew of his conflict of interest. Yeah, and it was a no-bid deal, right? No bid, no bid contract. No bid. So, exactly. so his old hold employer gets this uh, big contract greased by Katie yeah. Yaroslavsky. Yes, and she lies about it because that's what she does. If she's right. if she's speaking, she's lying. If her lips are moving, that she, she's lying. And right. I, I, I mean, I, I, what? So, uh, so Yaroslavsky and I, the rest of this committee, they don't care what any of the residents have to say. No. So right now, you know, the mayor has implemented these emergency powers. And, you know, even that is it's a it's an overreach because what she's done is she's implemented a, a, a tool that was supposed to be used in the event of like an earthquake or something like that that would give her brief um, authority to make decisions. But she's using them to put up structures such as this, which has a 10 year lease. Well, that was never the intention of, you know, implementing emergency powers. And that's sort of the focal point of the Fix the City lawsuit. And I want to bring a couple of a couple of other points with that is that in that emergency powers, she has also decided that she can, you know, she calls it streamlining. I call it steamrolling, um, but she can streamline these buildings and, and fast track them without doing the CEQA studies. Now, the CEQA studies are environmental and community studies that were put in place to protect the area residents and enable them to or ensure that they have their right to due process. They have waived the CEQA process for this. However, this particular location 
doesn't qualify for that um, CEQA exemption, but they steamrolled it past these residents anyway. Mm-hmm. He's suing over that. But, I mean, you know, what What, what the residents really uh, have been screaming about is that they have a nice neighborhood, and now you're going to have several dozen mental patients, drug addicts, uh, criminals in a family neighborhood uh, with uh, really nobody to control their behavior. They might be right. given this room to sleep in overnight, but they could go wandering a- around, do whatever they want, and have all their all their friends come over, and it's going to be chaotic for the neighborhood. And this has happened before in other parts of the city. It happened in Venice when they set up bridge housing, made a bunch of promises, said this is going to be a special zone, we're going to have police protection, and all hell broke loose. So just more and more homeless people came piling into the neighborhood. So the city lies about whatever promises they make, and even Absolutely. if... If, even if they provided um, police protection and they enforced the ordinances, who the hell wants this? I mean, this so is this is an atrocity. Yeah, There's children that live in this neighborhood. Right. They actually can't enforce the ordinances. You know, when Garcetti made these promises, he made promises that he didn't really even have the legal authority to do. Um, so if you look, and it wasn't just Venice, you know, I've invested a ridiculous amount of time following this. And I have driven to almost every bridge housing and several of the permanent supportive housing facilities. And without fail, they have had the exact same effect on the surrounding communities that the Venice Project has. I was, you know, I drove around El Pueblo when I was over there the other day, the one up on the in Hollywood. I mean, you go to every single one, and if you know the community before and you see the community now, they're unrecognizable and not in a good way. Because they're outdoor mental institutions. You bring an outdoor mental institution where people are whacked out on every drug imaginable. They're they're alcoholics. They're drug addicts. They have all kinds of untreated mental illness and schizophrenia and bipolar disorder. Well, what do you think's going to happen? I mean, this is so outrageous. These, these, These officials ought to be put in prison for doing this. Well, I, I, I would agree with you. And yeah, just want to make one more point. You know, one of the things that, in fact, I just found this out real recently, is that they keep talking about wraparound services, wraparound services. And the way that our elected officials talk about these programs, these housing facilities with wraparound services, it really gives people the impression that there's going to be someone on staff mm-hmm. to, you know, work with these people. And that is simply untrue. They do not have mental health providers on staff 24-7, if at all. No. So in these contracts, when they talk about, when you really read through the contracts, it's buried somewhere like page 260. What it says is that these facilities will provide, and these are quotes, linkage to or a connection to services. So all that means is that if a staffer hands them a brochure to an AA meeting or to a mental health clinic and says, there's the bus stop, that that nonprofit provider's um, contractual obligation has been met. But there are not providers on staff. It's all a scam. All they do is give them a phone number or an address. It's a complete scam. The neighborhood is going to get ruined. These people should fight uh, a, a, bl- a bloody war to stop this thing. And, and Katie Yaroslavsky ought to remove from office as quickly as possible. She's a danger to that neighborhood. She's a danger to I the families. Agree. She's destructive. I would agree. You know what? I, I mean, those homes are worth a, a, a good amount of money. And nobody deserves this to happen. And these are not fellow neighborhood Angelitos. They are not. Much of the yeah. homeless population has moved in from out of town and out of state. And, and enough with their lies. All right, Susan, we thank you so much for coming on and giving us your Thank input. you very much for having me. I appreciate it. All right, that's Susan Collins.
who goes to some of these uh, committee hearings. And yesterday, the Homeless Committee of the Los Angeles City Council was on Wednesday. Did approve that project on the west side we've talked about, Midvale Pico, where 30-some-odd homeless people are going to be plunked in interim housing in the neighborhood. John and Ken, KFI AM 640, live everywhere, iHeartRadio app. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640. All right, well, we're on the vagrant beat. Uh, we just told you that the, uh, the Homeless and Housing Committee of the Los Angeles City Council has approved this project on the west side. They call it Midvale Pico. It's near where the West Side Pavilion is. They're going to put 30-something vagrants in an interim housing project, which does not please many people in the neighborhood. Uh, a number of people showed up to speak to this committee in favor of or against the proposal. We just had a guest named Susan Collins, who doesn't live in the neighborhood, but she went anyway to talk about the problems with housing first. Now we present the other side. Listen to this lunatic. And as John has said, the study we talked about yesterday involving Michael Schellenberger about a certain psychosis that people with wokeness seem to have. This, You're going to hear this man make an analogy that's really, really far flung. His name is Jeffrey Ellis. I think he comes from Santa Monica. He's, on, he's with the Santa Monica Homeowners Association. Of course, this is not anywhere near Santa Monica, this Pico Midvale project. That's true, although it's not that far. But yeah, it's not, that, it's not part of Santa Monica. Yeah. Anyway, here's what he said. Listen to this analogy. The Pico Midvale housing project is not perfect but it is good and it can be developed quickly and efficiently. Many who oppose the project inflame fear and anger by stoking the idea of stereotypes and cliches about unhoused individuals as an organized group of drug-addicted, violent criminals and monsters, and such aspersions recall similar verbiage used to oppose Eastern European immigration in the United States, ending segregation in Los Angeles in the 60s and inflaming homophobic fear about pedophiles molesting our children if they're hired as teachers in our school. The homeless are people just like anyone else. They're unhoused. Some people have drug problems just as housed people do. Some people have mental health issues as some housed people do. But they are human beings and they deserve housing. I was part of a t uh, task force, the CD5, task of uh, uh, Councilmember Yaroslavsky's predecessor, and we tried to develop 50 properties that we were all turned down. We can't continue to say, find a different location. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Speaker. Shush. Excuse me. Me, me. Sorry, me. everyone has to be quiet. Thank you. Wow, that's a condescending uh, tone from that woman. Everyone has to be quiet, you rowdy little toddlers, you. We are woke. We are morally superior. Shush. He tried to reach out to you, John Cobelt. He mentioned yeah. the immigrants from Eastern Europe. Remember when people didn't want the Polish people here? Well, actually, right. I don't, but okay. Um, well, the, but Poles were, when I was a kid, they were the butt of jokes. So What? I heard them all as jokes. I didn't care. The Irish were too. There was like a whole the lot Irish, of the Italians, and the Italians. Right? Yes. Those are the groups we, where the most the, ethnic jokes were. Those about. were the yes, the uh, the people who were waspy and and German. Uh, they ruled. Uh, people <laughs> they at the bottom of the ladder: Poles, Italians, Irish. We were all considered the peasants. But I don't care. Trust me, the homeless have nothing to do with this. No, uh, uh, no, this no. man is really off his uh, rocker there. That, that is that is the stupid woke rhetoric. I believe he also. Uh, uh, said this was like people who dehumanize blacks and, and members gay people, and gay right. people and all the LGBTQ, all right. the alphabet people, and uh, that this is this is this is what they use. 
because they don't really have an argument that's going to convince anybody. These are drug addicts. These are mental patients, nearly every one of them. Every one of them behaves in an erratic, dangerous way. They have criminal records. They could be pedophiles. They could be felons. Many of them are. And many of them are not from the neighborhood. And so they're dangers. They're, 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 they're absolutely terrifying and frightening. And he's lying. And what he tries to do is to shut people down by linking them with racists, homophobes, transphobes, uh, xenophobes. They got all the phobes. They got all the s. They have the same language. It doesn't. It's not going to work anymore because this guy is a danger and he's representing and pushing danger. I don't care that he's tried 50 places and got no takers because nobody wants this in their neighborhood and nobody ever will. Nobody. So, yes, you're going to have to go to the desert and, and try to sell this to the uh, desert tortoises out there. Because no humans in any normal neighborhood is going to ever, ever, ever accept this. So get that through your head. All right, we got more coming up. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, oh, oh. Auto Parts. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640. Just a clarification, we played a little clip of Jeffrey Ellis, and he was that wiener who was uh, speaking in favor of the homeless project in that uh, neighborhood uh, in Midvale Pico. And yeah. he was misidentified in the story. He's with the Westwood South of Santa Monica Homeowners Association. So he's the what? He, yeah, it, it, it. He he is uh, all right. Then he is closer to where that's yeah, going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's in the neighborhood. But I looked up because he is with the organization. I guess he, he must be on the board, and he's got a little page with his uh, philosophy. And, uh, you know, he, he was calling people who are against the housing project uh, the Racist. same as racists homophobes. and homophobes. And he said, uh, uh, I, uh, let me see here. Let me get it right. <laughs> oh, I'm most concerned that whatever future development occurs in our community is determined by our citizens huh. and professional planners who work with our communities. 
not by politicians and their handpicked commissioners. Well, the citizens in the community don't want this homeless monstrosity, and it's the politicians who are they forcing do. it on them. Yeah, this Yaroslavsky one. So this Jeffrey Ellis is this fraud where if you go to his website, because he's with this homeowners organization, oh, oh, yeah, Jeffrey's my kind of guy. He wants the people in the neighborhood to decide the future. No, he doesn't. He wants the likes of uh, Katie Yaroslavsky and Karen Bascone to cram uh, three dozen uh, crazed vagrants into your neighborhood. Everyone's a fraud. I mean, it's just everybody. We have got uh, the great 3 o'clock Friday show. That's right. We've got the Moist Line people coming next hour. We have some hacks to throw into the dumpster. It's a collection of hacks based on one of the biggest stories we've covered in the past couple of weeks. We'll kick off next hour with one more chapter on the vagrants in today's show. And kind of matches with what's going on this afternoon. It looks like some more hotel workers have walked off the job at hotels near LAX, unhappy with wages and health care benefits. And it's going to be about the hotels next hour because maybe all the hotels in L.A. will close if they're forced to take in the vagrants. That's going to be on the ballot for Los Angeles city voters next year, that uh, they're going to be forced to report their vacancies and there's a chance they have to take in the vagrants. And house them in their hotels. Uh, well, and look, this could include some of the nicest ones you can imagine. And the public is not going to rent rooms at hotels that take in vagrants. And that's what we're going to find out with a brand new poll that's come out asking people both here and across the country, what do you think if L.A. passes an ordinance that requires the hotels to take in homeless people? Would you go to that city? Would you go to that hotel? Uh, that's coming up at uh, 3.05. On the Johnny Kemp Show. One more note on Los Angeles City government and something that they're planning to do is, um, well, you're probably aware that uh, there's a lot of robberies going on in Los Angeles. Smash and grabs, uh, taco stands being knocked off. Uh, many stores are being robbed. And one of the move, moves that uh, store owners are making is to go cashless. Because if you are going to go in and rob a coffee shop, you could take some coffee, right? Maybe mm. a couple of donuts, but you're after the cash, the moolah, just like the guys that knock off the taco stands. They know that that's a, primarily a cash business, and that's what they're after. That's why, remember a couple of years ago, they were knocking off all the pot shops? Because, again, that's primarily a cash business. And that's what the robbers are after, the quick hit and grab the money, particularly if it's untraceable. They used to go rob banks, but the banks got more complicated, better security. They marked the bills. Yeah. So now we'll just go after a store that's got cash. They break into restaurants overnight, try to steal the cash. That's yeah. Up. So the response is, we're, we're just going to have to go cashless. We're sorry, customers, but we're forced to do this. You're just going to have to use a credit card or a debit card if you come here. Well, the reason we're talking about this is that the city of L.A. is uh, not going to allow that. They've done this in San Francisco and Berkeley, a cashless ban, telling businesses they cannot go cashless. City Council Member Heather Hutt, we have so many people in the city that are unbanked or are underbanked. Never heard that expression. Oh, I, I was looking at the Channel 7 story by Sophie Flay. Yes. And the lead line is, should restaurants and other businesses be able to turn down cash payments, the city council is trying to protect the unbanked. Or and the looked, underbanked. And I'm looking, unbanked? That's not a word. Underbanked is not a word. <laughs> what is this? Unhoused? Unbanked? Uh, I don't know. Uh, 
A cashless business doesn't allow them to participate in the economy at all. So, uh, supposedly 7% of Californians are unbanked, unbanked, meaning someone who does not have a bank account. But, well, <laughs> anyway, the LA City Council unanimously passed her motion to ban cashless businesses. But, but they have created an environment where where uh, businesses yeah, right. that, that have it, it cash. hurts the businesses to take cash. Well, the businesses have cash are now targets. You know, they they were happy to debank the police a few years ago, right? And yes. demoralize the police. And and we have a, a shortage of cops and they've also disallowed the cops from enforcing the law actively. Now we have no bail. Now we have no bail. We've been debailed. <laughs> so, so now a, uh, a debanked person I can rob and get, get off on debail. Some security experts were telling businesses, this is probably what you have to do. You have to go cashless because that's what they're here. That's what they're looking for when they break in at like three in the morning. Oh. They're trying to find where you keep the cash receipts. And, and you maybe you have to go cashless. So some of them have tried to, to do that. But in L.A., they're not going to let you. And they right. went to some egghead at UC Irvine, Bill Maher, the Dean of Social Sciences, oh, uh, says we can't forget about folks who live in a predominantly cash-based society. Um, some people with disabilities have a hard time when they're using a non-cash means of payment. <laughs> would, that, that? would that be a credit card? Somebody in a wheelchair Pe can't people hold with the credit card out? They can't really? And uh, in our part of the world, recent immigrants or refugees... Well, they're not supposed to be here. People who haven't yet set yeah. up a bank account have a hard time with cash. Right, because they're they're illegal aliens and they don't have the proper ID and then they can, don't have a bank account. You see, them, and they're also paid that way. So and, that's right. They're they're, uh, they're because uh, they don't pay taxes. They're paid under the table. Yes, so they're that's... untaxed in addition to being unbanked. <laughs> <laughs> An underbanked, you forgot. An underbanked, yeah. I'm not sure what the distinction is. If you have like you have some banking, you're underbanked. What does underbanked but... means. I, mean, I don't know. A... Ask Heather Hutt. Heather Hutt. <laughs> is that a Another real person? lunatic? Heather Hutt. <laughs> yeah, that's her name. I think she is it. The, she took one of the seats that somebody got in trouble, right? Right. Mark Ridley Thomas or oh, somebody. Oh, like she that. replaced one of the criminals. Yes. <laughs> I don't current price. I'm mixing them all up now. But... I can't keep track of it. There's some right. criminals that have been kicked out, and I, who knows who these people are that replaced them. Uh, more coming up. Johnny Kent, KFI AM640 live everywhere. iHeartRadio app. Unbanked. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM640. On the radio from 1 till 4 and then after 4 o'clock on the iHeart app. John and Ken On Demand, the podcast. You could listen to whatever you missed. Listen all weekend to any show that you want to. Yeah, and if you can't hear next hour live, pick it up on the podcast because we're going to have the moist line here. We're going to have hacks for the dumpster. It's all ahead on the Friday John and Ken show. Now, the following story may seem unbelievable, but it's true. Although not all of it is true. There was a viral story that went out a week or two ago. It almost sounds like a, the beginning of a joke. A man went to the ballpark in Philadelphia and tried to get in with his emotional support alligator. <laughs> well, the emotional support alligator part is true. But the man was not actually trying to get into the ballpark. Sort of a story behind it. But there is a man, I think his name is Joey Henney, and he does have an emotional support alligator named Wally that he walks on a leash. And look at the pictures in the video. It is amazing. The alligator is six foot long and 55 pounds, but it wears a harness and a leash. 
It will not bite anyone. In fact, it loves to be held and it does to cuddle and it loves when you pet it on the chin. It loves to cuddle. It does. There's a picture of a woman holding the alligator like a baby. Wait, the harness and the leash, does that keep its jaw clamped shut? No, it does not. The jaw is not shut. Oh, this The guy, harness is around sort of its neck area. I'm this, looking at it here. This idiot's going to lose his face one day. He, or his <laughs> leg. Yeah. Any of his appendages. He's had the alligator for quite a while. It's got 114,000 followers on TikTok. Yeah. The reason he went to the ballpark is that some friend of his says, I know the ball players. They'd love to meet your emotional support alligator. Why don't you come on down to the ballpark? He was not intending to go to the game. But uh, was, I mean, the player was going to come out and quickly say hello because this person what is the players. What is the, what but then they were too late because the players were already had to stay in this, the clubhouse and go play the game. So then they did try to get him tickets, and he was told you can't bring that in here. Yeah. Only guide dogs, service animals, or service animals in training. This is an emotional support wait, animal. Wait, wait, wait. I, I contest the premise. What kind of emotional support can an, can an alligator bring? Oh, he says it brings him much joy. How badly yeah. damaged is this guy? He is really bonded with the uh, with the alligator. But what's wrong with him, though? What's wrong with the human, the guy? Uh, I don't know. What can I the don't... alligator do about it? The the, <laughs> uh, the alligator brings him uh, happiness. They always say this about all animals. Sometimes when you just cuddle an animal, it makes you feel calmer. They always say that. Doesn't that what happens to you, Deborah? Oh, absolutely. Two dogs? Yeah, I love my dogs. That's I why cuddle she wants with them. three. It, well, you're right. All right because she's I, getting more anxious. We, we, <laughs> yeah, you got that She needs a third right. dog now. <laughs> one's for earthquakes. Yep. One's for viruses. Oh, and and one's we, for getting ready to fly. And wait, a few years, she's going to have 12 dogs in her house. <laughs> the anxiety's piled. So what's this guy's problem? We know Deborah's problems, right? She's aired almost all of them. What, what, is, what is this guy's issues in life? Uh, he says... Uh, he calls. He says he compares Wally to a living weighted blanket who loves to be held and give hugs. You know, and as I said, particularly partial to chin rubs. Oh. I've been handling alligators for thirty years, is what uh, this guy Henny said. Grown men should not. But have... this one, he took a special liking to. So he is the first reptile to be certified as an emotional support uh, creature. That, that emotional support thing is a real load of hooey, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know where this came from when this started. I see but, people walking around in airports, and 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 their their animals have like uh, 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 well, they'll the, the, have like a little a uh, vest, a vest, right, a vest, and it says "emotional support animal" on the vest. Yeah, it usually says "do not pet." Yeah, <laughs> I've seen that with a lot of people that have their <laughs> and, either and service I, dog or emotional support animal. Do so, not pet. So I see these people. My first thought is, what's wrong with you? They just want their animal on the plane That's, with them. I figure it's a scam. Or you really have... It's like having a stuffed animal when you're five years old, right? It's something to kind of rip years, on. To. Right, five years old. Exactly. Okay. But now it's a living now, creature. Now, that no grown man who has any self-respect should be walking around with an emotional support animal. That is, is kiss the alligator. Isn't that weird? Yeah, you're probably going to catch some alligator virus. Are the Phillies going to use him as a rally gator now? <laughs> oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> Wave him right. in the air. Well, they didn't let him in, though. Yes, he didn't technically. No. Uh, well, they now, were probably trying to protect the players. Well, the players uh, wanted to meet him, or at least that's the story that the guy's telling. That some of the players were they, interested they, in the alligator. They threw out the alligator. They're never going to win another pennant. Now, speaking of flying, though, Deborah Mark, uh, you don't want to take the low-cost airline via Jet Air because apparently on a flight from Bangkok to Taiwan, uh, people are just sitting there like you would normally on a plane, and suddenly a rat and an otter uh, <laughs> scooted by.
A rat and an otter? Somehow a woman got through security with several animals, it says here. And uh, it looks like the rat and the otter got loose. And they started scurrying around the plane cabin. Do you imagine that? It was no. an albino rat and a one-foot-long otter. Was it an emotional support otter? Do they have vests? <laughs> a subsequent search found a box with 28 live turtles, a snake, a marmot, two otters, and two other rodents oh, of unknown species. A marmot? A marmot, yeah. Yeah. What is a marmot? <laughs> uh, it's another it. kind of yeah, little rodent thing, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> They're all little rodent things. All the otter looks very cute, though. It's a picture of the otter asleep. Otters can be kind of cute. They, the marmot looks almost like a hamster or a guinea pig. Right, but otters can be aggressive. You have to be careful. So, it, I mean, the plane's midair. Could you imagine that? I would think I was seeing things How did if she... an otter scurried by. I guess they don't have security measures in those countries. I don't know how she did this. I don't think they have the same kind of scanning. I don't know. Um, I mean, with us, every kind of carry-on goes through the scanner there. You think they would pick up an otter and a, and a otters, rat? Otters an rat. albino rat. An albino what the hell? Well, it's cuter than a brown rat. It says the cabin crew immediately ordered anyone who brought these animals on the plane to make themselves known. But the culprit did not come forward initially. But after they started investigating, the woman did admit it and then demanded a refund. Because <laughs> I guess the flight had to return. There you go. Another thing for you to worry about. Yeah, gee, thanks. Rats running under yeah. your feet. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well. All right, when we come back, we're going to talk about a poll that was taken. If you're going to plan on visiting Los Angeles, would you book a room at a hotel that might have to take on the vagrants? Because on the ballot next year is a measure that's on the March 2024 ballot to require all local hotels to house homeless people next to paying guests. A labor union, the one that's representing these hotel workers got this on the ballot we'll talk about it next with a representative from the american hotel and lodging association john and ken kfi am 640 live everywhere iHeartRadio radio app deborah mark live in the kfi 24-hour newsroom hey you've been listening to the john and ken show you can always hear us live on kfi am 640 1 p.m to 4 p.m every monday through friday and of course anytime on demand on the iHeartRadio radio app Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs>